You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. Oscar Wilde once said that the smallest act of kindness is worth more than the grandest intention. And it's true, isn't it? That small acts of kindness really can lead to big degrees of change, especially in 2022 in our world today. The Pay It Forward Foundation was started by author Catherine Ryan Hyde, who wrote the international bestseller by the same name, Pay It Forward. And the premise of the book is based on the idea that small acts of kindness, when generated among strangers, can make the world a better place to live in. The plot surrounds a couple of characters, including a social studies teacher who challenges his classroom to live out acts of random kindness, and one of his students by the name of Trevor, who takes the challenge to heart and spreads kindness like a wildfire. The book was turned into an award-winning film that captured audiences everywhere. Since the year 2000, when the Pay It Forward Foundation was first started, they've inspired millions of people across the globe to live out kindness every single day, wherever they are, and to share those acts of kindness on their website, which only further inspires and encourages people to spread more kindness. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our living room service here at Bridges Nashville. As we continue our series, The Good Fight, we've been looking at a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his young protege, Timothy, who's pastoring a church in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey. Now, special side note, this week here at Bridges, we're meeting in house churches, much like the New Testament church did all the time. And in house church, we share testimony over a meal, we study scripture, and we pray with one another. I would encourage you, if you haven't yet checked out house church, do so today, RSVP with the link you see here on the screen. It's the best way to jump into community, and you can process your faith with a community of believers. Don't miss house church this week. Now, in this letter of 1 Timothy, there are many passages that kind of make you step back, scratch your head, and say, huh, what is this all about? You know, we've got to remember that Paul is writing and speaking to specific situations at a specific time for the church in Ephesus. However, there are timeless applications that we're able to extract from this letter and learn from in order that we can live better lives as followers of Jesus. Now, I gotta be honest. 1 Timothy chapter five is one of those chapters where I kind of wonder what in the world was going on at the church in Ephesus at this time. Why did Paul need to address these certain things? You know, the church back then, just like the church today, was filled with, you guessed it, people. And it doesn't take you long when you're a part of a church to realize that people aren't perfect. You aren't perfect, I'm not perfect. And in this particular church 2,000 years ago, people were taking advantage of the church's generosity, people were neglecting their own family members and not taking care of those who needed support. There was a lack of honor for the elderly in that culture. And in particular, widows who needed help were being looked over. Now, there's a lot of specific instructions in this chapter, but as I said before, there's also a lot of general best practices that we can take away and apply to our lives today. Now, in the section that we're leaning into today, it's the first half of 1 Timothy 5. The first 16 verses, about 80% of it speaks directly to how they're supposed to treat and honor widows. 
Now, we're not going to read through each verse individually, so I would recommend that you take some time today and dive into this chapter on your own. Listen, as a pastor, it's not my job to read the Bible for you, but I hope that I always inspire you to go to the Word and dive deeper on your own. And maybe there's something, maybe a verse or a particular amount of verses that are going to jump out off the page and into your heart and challenge you to change the way that you're living. You know, just as a general biblical rule of thumb here, if you know of any widows in your life who are alone and could use some help, reach out and show them the love of Christ this week. There's a special place in God's heart for the widow. Here's what it says in James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Okay, so with all of that as our backdrop, we're gonna jump right in to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Okay, right off the bat here, Paul makes the distinction in how we're supposed to treat those who are older than ourselves. Now, sadly, we live in a culture that mostly overlooks the elderly or tosses them aside as simply irrelevant. Now, this is such a travesty. Senior citizens are some of my favorite people on the planet. I found a wealth of wisdom and relationship lies within the elderly. As a father of two kids and a husband and a pastor, look, I cherish any time that I get a chance to be around people who have done there or who have been there and done that. You know, people who have had a few more trips around the sun under their belt. Now, in these first two verses of 1 Timothy 5, we read that we're supposed to treat those who are older than us with honor and respect. We're supposed to, pe- we're supposed to treat younger people as family, brothers and sisters in Christ, with the best of intentions. Yet again, as with many of other Paul's letters to the early church in the New Testament, we see that he's referencing church as family. You see, we're called to do life with one another. That's how this whole faith thing works. And he points out that in the church, there are people from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different personalities, and all of this adds to a picture of diversity in the church. The church should be the most diverse place on the planet. Revelation 7 paints a picture with every tribe, every nation, every tongue worshiping King Jesus. Here at Bridges, we want the church to be a place where everyone can find their place, where everyone can feel valued, loved, and cared for. And this is why we offer prayer in every single service, whether we're at the Listening Room Cafe for first Sunday gathering or third Sunday prayer and worship night, or whether we're in house church. We always want to close with a time of praying for one another. This is a simple way that we can value each other because we're family. Now, in the next 14 verses, Paul leans into three specific types of people. you got the church at large, you've got grandchildren and children, and then you've got widows. You've got to remember context as you read through these verses because in that day and age, for those women who truly were elderly widows, well, there was virtually no way that they could provide for their own livelihood. Women weren't shown value and respect back then, and widows had it harder than most others because of their age and position in this culture. Now, listen, it can be easy to read this chapter through our particular lens and our story here in the 21st century. Maybe you grew up in a family that was loving and secure and you had insurance and social security plans. Well, then it's kind of hard 
to relate to the hardships that first century widows would have had to endure 2,000 years ago. And Paul writes here about who holds the responsibility to care for those who cannot care for themselves. This is something that translates well beyond widows, doesn't it? Anyone with special needs, those who cannot stand up for themselves. Listen, as the church, we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be a voice for the voiceless, to bring hope to the hopeless and help those who cannot help themselves. This is why we believe in missions. We engage in missions. We partner with organizations here locally, like the Bridge who serve the homeless here in Nashville and United for Hope that cares for under-resourced kids and families in the greater Nashville area. You know, for us today, this passage can be read as a guide on how to care for and treat people in need, especially widows. Now, we're not going to read all 14 verses, but I want to zoom in on just a few, okay? Verse 3 and 4 says, Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Verse 8, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Wow. And verse 16, if a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Okay, wow, that's saying a lot. Three points that I want us to take from this chapter. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, honor the elderly. Number two, take care of your family. And number three, Do unto others as you would have them do to you. That first point, honor, value, and support those who are older than you. I can remember when I was in high school, one of my first ever jobs was as a part-time assistant at an assisted living facility in my hometown. It was called The Oaks. And just getting to know some of the people in that building, hearing their stories and spending time with them made it worth my while. I can remember guys like Max. Max would stand up in the middle of dinner and just start blaring at the top of his lungs his favorite Sinatra songs. Then there was this guy, his name was Junius. And Junius always had slick back hair and he wore pretty fancy clothes and he sat at a table with all women making them laugh the entire meal. And then of course there was my favorite, Beulah, who at the end of every dinner would order vanilla ice cream and a sugar cookie. And just about every time when I got to the end of my shift, I would go out in the lobby and play piano. And the old folks would gather around. We'd have just a great time. They would often ask for songs that I had never heard of in my life, but I just wanted to honor them and spend some time with them. It was a few years ago uh, that with our parent church, National Community, we got to take a mission trip to rural Idaho where we helped start a youth ministry called The Landing. And one day, When we weren't uh, working on the landing, our team went out to this field and chopped up firewood for a local widow who was elderly and couldn't chop up firewood in the cold for herself. It was kind of a cool opportunity to just live out 1 Timothy 5. But listen, you don't have to chop firewood. Find a ministry that works with the elderly, maybe right here in Nashville or from wherever you're watching. There's amazing ministries that help take care of senior citizens. One is called Senior Ride Nashville. Senior Ride Nashville. This is a nonprofit that matches uh, volunteer local drivers and senior citizens who simply need a ride somewhere. Or you can volunteer at a local senior citizen's home and spend time with the elderly. I promise you, you're going to love every minute of it. We've got to honor those who are older than us, especially the widows. It's a great way to put your faith into action. 
Now, the second practical point we can take from 1 Timothy 5 is, hey, take care of your family. Now, this seems like it would be common sense to take care of your elderly parents if you were a son or a daughter. Or a daughter. Uh, there were widows from the war in this era, many situations that uh, took the lives of husbands away from their families, leaving many women in a vulnerable state, especially in their elder years. Let me tell you this, mothers are amazing. I'm married to an incredible mom who would do anything for our two kids. I've got a mom here in Nashville. She's a teacher and we get to spend a lot of time with her. And I know this, when I was an infant, I couldn't care for myself. I couldn't feed myself. I was completely dependent on my parents for everything. So were you. So if your mother needed help, it would be the honoring thing to repay her kindness and care for her in that state. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. Now, if you're a believer, you cannot say that you love God and not love and care for your parents. See, in the culture that Paul was speaking into, widows were treated and thought of as a burden. But in the gospel, oh, in the gospel, all throughout the Bible, we see widows as powerful examples of faith. Let me share a few. There's the story of the widow in Luke 21 who gave two mites. It was all she had. It was equal to about a penny. And yet Jesus called out her faith and said she'd given more out of her lack than everybody else in their abundance. Then we've got the story in 1 Kings 17, the widow of Zarephath. And she fed the prophet Elijah when she had nothing. And her doing that action, her stepping out in bold faith led to a supernatural miracle of provision where she never ran out of flour or oil. And then we have one of the most incredible moments where we see God's intimacy and his love for widows. When Jesus is dying on the cross and he looks down and sees his mother, Mary, and his disciple, John. He says, Mary, this is now your son. And John, this is now your mother. So he wanted to make sure that Mary had a place when he was gone. Psalm 68 verse five says that God is a father to the fatherless and defender of the widows. So hear me, if you have widows in your family, reach out to them and take care of them in any way that you can. And if you know of any widows, maybe in your neighborhood or in your workplace, reach out and connect with them and just tell them that you love them and you're here for them. Because the Bible tells us to pay special attention to the widow. You know, for us today, we've got to expand our reach and who we care for and how we care for others. There are so many people groups that are underserved and under-resourced today. And verse 16 says, hey, believers, don't put all of it on the church to care for those who can't care for themselves. Paul is saying, look, if you see a need, fill it. Like I said, we've got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, sometimes as a pastor, people will come up to me and say, man, it'd be so cool if Bridges did this or did that when it comes to different missions and projects. And I usually respond with the same thing. I say, man, that sounds awesome. Go for it. We are with you. You see, we've got to take ownership and responsibility as followers of Jesus, just like Paul told Timothy, can't put everything on the church. As I said last week, you may be the only Bible that some people ever read. What kind of translation are you? Find ways this week to give to those in need. Give of your time and your talent and your treasure and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want you to know, that whenever you give, your generosity here at Bridges makes a big difference. Through your giving, we're actually able to engage in some of the missions that God has given us a heart for. As I said earlier, we partner with the Bridge Ministry and serve the homeless and kids who are found in homelessness. 
We partner with United for Hope. And uh, we do things like the backpack drive every single summer where we, we raise enough money to buy 500 backpacks for kids in need. We love to serve and be Jesus' hands and feet. And there are also practical ways uh, through ministry organizations that already exist that you can serve the orphan and the widow. But listen, if you feel called to start something that serves in this capacity, hey, I wanna connect with you. I'd love to grab coffee and hear how God is stirring your heart to do something new. And I'd love to help you take that next step. All right, let me bring this thing in for a landing. I think one of the biggest takeaways from 1 Timothy chapter five is just to show kindness however you can. I love this definition of kindness, a full extension of yourself on behalf of others. Or in the words of the great revivalist, John Wesley, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, for as long as ever you can. You know, Jesus sets the mark for us on what kindness looks like. In Matthew 7, verse 12, he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we know this as the golden rule. But I think culture has twisted it a little bit to be like karma. You know, karma says do good and get good. Uh, That's not the way of the kingdom. We do good because we've already received good. It's not doing anything in hopes that we'll receive back. It's doing because Jesus has already done the incredible for us. He's already given his life and he laid it down as an example of how we're supposed to live. So literally to be like Christ, we need to put others' needs before our very own. We've got to respond and react in kindness. Not as an if response, if you do this, then I'll do this, but as a because of response, because of his great love. You know, we call this series The Good Fight. And truly, in 2022, to follow Jesus with your whole heart, it is a battle. And sometimes you have to fight on behalf of others. And that's what today's message has been all about. So I encourage you, as the worship team leads us in a song, take these next few moments, put worship to your prayers and ask the Lord, could there be something that he's stirring in your heart? What's one step that you need to take? Is there a widow in your life, in your family? And you can text them, you can call them, reach out to them this week. What's one way that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus right here and right now? How can we live on mission in a greater way? Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.